Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of friends explore movie through trivia. I'm one of these friends, KJ, and with me is... Tom. I'm Chris. And I'm Ragnar. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with four rapid-fire trivia questions and possibly a few bonus questions. Audience, feel free to play along from home. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then, we'll follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2022, we would have had to choose between the Bob Spurgers movie, Detective Conan, The Bride of Halloween, the second Doctor Strange movie, Jurassic World Dominion, and today's movie, Top Gun Maverick. Ragnar will be our questionnaire today. Ragnar, what is Top Gun Maverick all about? After more than 30 years of service, Pete Maverick Mitchell finds himself back at Top Gun, training a detachment of graduates for a special assignment. Maverick must confront the ghosts of his past and his deepest fears if he wants to lead the next generation of fighter pilots through the most dangerous mission any of them have ever faced. More like the gooses of his past. <laughs> Am I right? Hey, <laughs> right? <laughs> KJ, you're fired. It's time for question one. What speed does Maverick break in a stealth plane as a test pilot for the Navy at the start of the film? Locked in. Locked in. So locked in, but I just want to, so you said, what speed is he trying to? I knew it. I knew it. That's why I wrote this question (laughs) twice, because I knew Kevin was going to give me this stupid No, no. It's what speed we does he all want to know break? what I mean. Okay, okay, okay. We all know what, what, okay. what is what is he aiming to break? Got it. That's got why it. I changed it the second time. What is okay. he aiming for? Aiming. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Locked in. KJ, please give us your answer first. Uh Mach 10 is what they're aiming for. Be- well, let me start at the beginning. I'm gonna give the whole answer. They're shooting for Mach 9, but the program's gonna get shut down, and the goal of the program was to get to Mach 10. So they're shooting for Mach 10. Not necessarily to break Mach 10, just to get to Mach 10. Tom. I also said they're trying to get to Mach 10, which is 7,670 miles per hour. Chris. Well, well, well. I have an answer similar to KJ. They wanted to break Mach 9. They they were going to get shut down. They wanted to break Mach 10, and they got to, I believe, Mach 10.4 was the final before he blacks out. Very good, gentlemen. Very good. That was a good warm-up question to get those engines going. And now we're ready for takeoff with questions. Which no one has actually ever done in a plane. Uh, they Tom Cruise just did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fair enough. I actually like that scene. I will I will say that. I, I was encouraged by that action sequence. The director was good. I saw it with my own eyes that it happened. Oh, the movie yeah. looks fantastic, but mm. we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah, every scene was amazing. <clears throat> Tom, you're wrong. Um, okay, so. Just complimented it. <laughs> Still, you're While wrong. you were closing your door. That <laughs> scene was actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for question two. Gentlemen, to answer this question properly, you're going to need two miracles. What type of jet fighter do Maverick and Rooster fly to safely at the end of the movie 
That's the first miracle. And how many MiGs does Maverick claim to have shot down in such a jet? That's the second miracle. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in, but I, I do not know my um my ships very well. Oh, good thing it's not a ship. JJ, <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely going first. Okay. Um, I believe it was three MiGs. And I'm gonna say F fifteen. My keyboard doesn't go that high, but F fifteen. Chris. So it's an F fourteen. That I'm almost positive of, and I'm pretty sure that KJ is right that it is three MiGs. Tom. I thought it was an F-14 as well, but I remember Phoenix saying five. So I'm going to go with five mix. Only one of you got both correct. Chris. Oh, okay. The Phoenix scene was after he had uh, shot down. And the question says, how many makes does Maverick claim to have shot down in the jet? Mm -hmm. uh, not Phoenix. Right. By the end of the movie, they say, what, six? Because uh, Hangman has one too. Right. And and I don't know if those, I mean, I'm or way MiGs, off base here, but right. I don't know if those ones that he shot down at the end of the movie were MiGs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were like fifth generation yep. or whatever. <laughs> they were fifth generation. Yeah. Oh, I just remember like, um, what's his name saying? Uh, uh, Rooster saying something like, I, I got two. And she's like, Mav got five. So, they're they're talking in that about like confirmed aerial kills because the beginning yes. of the movie they talk about mm -hmm. Hangman is the last guy in twenty years to have a confirmed in combat kill. Oh, okay. So Hangman says, "I got two now," and Rooster says that. Then, well, then Maverick's got five, which I think is his total from Top Gun One and Top Gun Two mm -hmm. together, which makes them the ace. Ah, uh, yeah, it's nothing compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, but whatever. <laughs> Is he a pilot in that? No, he's oh, just a he guy a with a bunch of guns. He kills like <laughs> 120 people in like 24 hours. It's time for question three. What two things in the movie are called the hard deck? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in, but I'm really only sure of one. KJ didn't watch the movie. <laughs> I was just so enthralled by it that I didn't um, catch these details. Okay, so let's start with the bar, the easy one, right? The bar was called the hard deck. And then the other thing that was called the hard deck was the hard deck, which is when you're doing the training, you're not supposed to go below a certain number of feet. But I can't imagine that's what you're looking for. I hope her boat wasn't called the hard deck as well. But my two answers, the bar, and then where they're not allowed to fly below while they're training. Tom? Oh, God, I'm going to get this wrong because I had the hard deck as 5,000 feet and 100 feet. The hard deck is the altitude that you're allowed to get as close to the Earth, which was 5,000 feet, but then he requested it be lowered. And I I do believe KJ is right. I believe the bar is card, the hulk, called the hard deck. KJ and Chris are correct. Oh, yes. I'm getting yeah. blown away here. So the hard deck being the, the term that the Navy uses for the minimum allowed altitude um, on, below that is considered a ground impact. So there are two hard decks because they do change it, but it's still just the term, the concept, and then the bar. And Chris, I'm impressed because in the first movie, they uh, referred like the hard deck's a big deal. That's one of the, not one of the first rules, but it's one of the big rules Maverick breaks. Oh, no, it's, I, this is because of my wife because I watched it next to my uh, wife. I found out a bunch <laughs> of whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> That might be that might be a top ten movie for my wife. I have to ask. The, the, the first one or Maverick? The first one. The first oh. one. It's time for question four. 
what does the Navy call the school that the Flyers call Top Gun? Locked in. Oh no, I have no idea. Um, I'll lock in something. In 1969, the Navy was nervous that nobody was. And I knew the dog date flight. too. It was it, it's three three sixty nine. Oh, I yeah, knew I should have paid attention to that crawl more. Yeah. yeah. What I a thought. good font. What a good font. Even the font's amazing. <laughs> Tom, Tom Rich picked that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He studied fonts for three years just to mm-hmm. pick that font. <laughs> he and Steve Jobs were good friends. Yeah, I was about to make this <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't even have a good joke answer, Ragnar. Um, locked in. Tom, let's hear your answer first. I was going to say the uh, Naval Elite Flight Academy. KJ? Uh, North Island Academy for those with good sight. Nailed it! (laughs) (laughs) Chris, take us home. I think it's... uh, Oh, man, I was just on the my tongue, and now I can't remember it. Uh... I'm apparently not taking you home. I'm sorry. Talk to me, Chris. You're going to be at the bar. Uh, (laughs) Advanced fighter school. All are incorrect. Uh, What was it? Fighter weapons school. Mm. That's that's oddly vague. (laughs) You wouldn't think planes if somebody said fighter weapons school. You're like, oh, yeah, right. Maybe that's the point. In case yeah. the communication gets intercepted, fighter weapons go. Ah, who cares? Yeah, that's, <laughs> sounds like a Ninja Turtle thing. But <laughs> that was that was the moment I knew I was going to like this movie. Was when I saw the crawl. I was like, yes, any movie that starts with the crawl is like instantaneous. It's the same as the first ten. one, right? It's the yep. same. Yep. It might be the literal same crawl. I think yep. it is literally the same crawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, guys, so uh, Chris is winning, but do we want to end with nobody getting the right? Do you have bonus questions lined up at all, Ragnar? I, I, I do. So I do. it's up to you, Chris. Do you want to take the episode or do you want to win with a correct answer? No, no. Let's double down. Let's go. Let's go for the let's go for the big one here. All oh, right. God. It's all right, worth five. Find them. It's time for a bonus question. What element is being enriched in the target facility? Locked in. Yeah, locked in. And if everyone knows it, except KJ. Mm-hmm. Should I, <laughs> should I pick a different one? KJ's no, working with plutonium it. over there. Yeah, plutonium. It's the same thing uh, Doc Brown was looking for. <laughs> him, him and the Libyans, they're all together. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in 1985, you could just walk into the corner store and get it, but here we blow it up with little planes. Oh, KJ, for sure, please. <laughs> plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> that was That was the best answer, KJ. You mm-hmm. got that one. KJ wins the episode, everybody. Yay. <laughs> oh, All right. congratulations, Nick, for winning the episode. <laughs> Tom, Chris, can you guys, you guys can say it in unison? De- definitely uranium. Uranium. Was yeah. it uranium? It wasn't plutonium? It was uranium, yeah. I thought, we thought we were, wait, were you joking? I know. I wrote it down in my little thing. I always write down my answers. Mm-hmm. So points wow. to uh, <laughs> wow. Tom and Chris. With the correct answer, Chris wins it. All right. Yay. Yay. Congratulations, Nick and KJ. Congratulations, Nick. (laughs) Stay tuned for our overly charismatic movie rant coming up right after this break. 
Charisma is not guaranteed. Yes, it is. The whole movie was charismatic. And Tom, you're one of the most charismatic people I know. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for you. (laughs) That was charismatic, right? Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even if I did print, where is it going to print to? 1982? I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, we died. (laughs) (laughs) all right the troll the troll saw us and killed us so i think we have to see the answer to the riddle then the answer is dark say dark i think talk to what Gollum. say Gollum. dark you talk to Gollum. thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh, wow. Wow. That's wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's wow. perfect. Limited Lexicon, coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. So guys, one of the things I've been wondering as we've been texting each other and you know having a lot of fun with the group thread and the memes that this movie has generated so much between this movie and the first movie, does Top Gun Maverick require a love for Top Gun to enjoy? It is working in that way, in the sort of nostalgia factory. There is a lot of beats that are very similar to the original cockpit and even the getting into the F-14 at the end of the film is that kind of direct reference to it. Um, I, and the movie does treat the original Top Gun like it's Casablanca. It treats it like this is, it has these flashbacks to Goose dying and what have you. And it's like, remember that great, brilliant bit of Tony Scott's cinema masterpiece. <laughs> you know, oh, think about on that. Yes, play played again, Goose. <laughs> so yeah, the, the movie does is working in this kind of nostalgia factory thing that our generation, for some damn reason, can't get enough of. Um, do you need to enjoy... You do need to enjoy the first movie in, in order to enjoy this? No, this movie is better than the first movie by far. I mean, I don't like either of these movies, but this movie is certainly an improvement. It has a better director. It, it, it looks better. I think even... Like you, you have Jennifer Connelly replacing Kelly McGinnis, which is a big positive. Um, even though she, poor Jennifer Connelly has nothing to do, she doesn't really have a character to work with. But whatever, I, you know, I, uh, Kelly McGinnis didn't either. Really. Well, Tom, as you pointed out there in the first impressions, there aren't really any characters. In no, it's words. not. It's <laughs> void of people with personalities. But I would say the movie is working in um, in that nostalgia vein. 
Yes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the the opposite of that. I I've never seen the first one. I have no nostalgia for it. In fact, I've never even gone out of my way to see the first one, even after liking the second one. But this movie was awesome. All right, there was I, I don't I you know what I'm a guy that loves plot. I love character hooks. I love to know the deep inner workings of the souls of the characters in the movies that I watch. But for this one, I didn't care. You so you show me some planes flying across the screen super fast, and you got the my seat rattling because the Dolby scare, stereo is blazing. I'm good. I don't need any nostalgia. I don't need any of that. I think some of the stuff that I noticed because I of course I've seen pieces of Top Gun on TV here and there, like him walking up to Jennifer Connelly at the end. I don't know, but that's a, that's a shot for shot remake, just a gender swap. Is that true? He's like leaning against the silver car in the in the original one. Or am I just making that up in my head? Is something that I wanted Ooh, to be happen? I think that's something in your head. I'm not that's sure perfectly fine. That. I'm okay with it being in my head. He's a motorcycle, right? In the first one. Yeah, he's a motorcycle guy. Okay, so I I just made it up in my head then. But I loved it anyhow, and I have no connection to the original. So I, this does absolutely does not need to have nostalgia whatsoever. So I've, I've been thinking a lot about the third one. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Three: Maverick goes to Washington. It's a combination of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, a few good men, and legally blonde. He's trying to get Rooster's Bill going. I guess that's legally blonde too, red, white, and blonde. How, how do they get jet fighters in it? Well, at the end, right, the Senate's a mess because Maverick's just been like telling people off in witty ways for a while. and It wasn't effective, but everybody's a little upset about it. So this it. movie will be witty. <laughs> I thought we were just starting like, on a positive note, Tom. Yeah, just mm. like Top Gun and Top Gun Two, Tom. Um, and then you know the 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 jet fighters actually won't come in until the end. Like he passes the bill, and they fly over for Maverick because of Rooster's bill. So there just won't really be a lot of jet fighting. It'll just be political scrambling. It, no, the fighting's all on the um, Congress floor or whatever they call that. Oh, <laughs> that's the. <laughs> He's gonna have a wingman. This sounds like From Star Vermont. Wars Episode One. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll actually. That's another good comparison there. Top Gun Three, Episode One. Watch where you tread here, Tom. Watch where you tread. <laughs> Make fun of Star Wars. I, I well, I think Star Wars Episode One is underrated. I will say that. Um, another thing. So Rooster's name is Brad Bradshaw. Is that? Yeah, Bradley Bradshaw is a rough Bradley name. Bradshaw? That's yeah. A, um... I would go with a nickname also if, if that was my condition. <laughs> he he asked people to call him Rooster even before he entered Jetfire's. He's like, uh, just, I don't know, call me Rooster, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And Miles Teller is, is, he has a really good like movie star entrance in this. When he walks into that bar the first time, you can see this is a movie star that the light hits him differently. I just wish the script gave him more to do. I mean, we know nothing about this man. Right? We don't know what he's interested in. We know he's somewhat cautious when it comes to flying. Um, but that, that's about it, right? He doesn't even have, like, lust, apparently. Well, <laughs> he's okay. just a... a... But what, what movie are you expecting, Tom? Like, what he's interested in? Like, you want to know his hobbies? A, I mean, a and, character and, of some sort. There's no... And, and I guess I would say one thing that Maverick does better than a lot of these nostalgia movies as you were talking about let's let's compare it to star wars is that deep down we're here to see maverick we're here to see luke skywalker we're here to see indiana jones kind of do one last hurrah but all these movies 
except Maverick, kind of try to subvert it and have the new characters be the leads. And, and that's kind of why they are, in my opinion, failing compared to Maverick, because Maverick is able to give us that last hurrah of, of Tom Cruise's character without disrespecting him or that he's not good enough anymore, or that his way of thinking is wrong, whatever. Give us one last jet and still have some room for these characters uh, to shine. I agree that, you know, maybe Phoenix and Bob and Hangman are a bit one-dimensional, but it's just not their movie. They're third-tier characters. The the, th the movie is Rooster, uh, Goose, uh, Ice, and Maverick, and that's it. So that's why I wasn't too upset about that, because it was just focused on Maverick. I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, Ragnar. And I just want to point out to the audience, we're recording this days before Dial of Destiny comes out. So we're referring to, I guess, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when we're talking about Indiana Jones. I, that's, tr that's true. I was also referring to both of them because I haven't seen it yet. That That's correct. I'm taking a wild guess here. I'm pretty sure I'm correct <laughs> that uh, Indiana Jones isn't going to save the day, that whomever is the new character is going to save the day, you know, whatever. I'm taking a guess here. My bad. You guys judge me after we all see this uh, movie. That's probably going to be terrible. Imagine if uh, K. Quick Kwan is in it. Wouldn't that be funny? The, <laughs> that would the be good office. enough to get me into the theaters for sure. The uh, so and continuing what you're saying, Ragnar, I thought this movie did a great job that it felt like 30 years since the first one in universe. Right. It it felt pretty seamless. It didn't nothing felt unbelievable, except that all of our heroes were still kind of super not superheroes, but they were Except that Tom Tom Cruise hadn't aged a day. Well <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of true in real life, right? Like Yeah, it's Tom Cruise and Paul Rudd have vampired themselves mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. careers. What'd you guys think about how it looked? I thought this movie looked amazing. Gorgeous. Yeah. I, I think the the internals of the plane look great. And it's um I can't remember the name of the cinematographer, but he's a really good, really talented cinematographer. Uh, I, I think it looks even a lot better than the first one. You know, the, the first one, um, the first one is like fetishizing the Navy and these battleships and how they're moving and whatnot. The, the cinematography, when we get into the planes and you're able to sort of let go of the kind of the, the, the supposed character building or the combativeness that's going on that's utterly unconvincing and there's nothing there when you're actually able to watch this director and the cinematographer work and to put these scenes into sequences it looks gorgeous and it, and it does look wonderful how they are in the plane um you see them you, they're clearly flying right because you see them like grabbing the the walls of the cockpit and looking around and whatnot um it's yeah it, it is quite exciting and i'll say again like the last 25 minutes are a lot of fun um they're they're very exciting i mean i expected one of them to die namely tom cruise i thought he was going to die and like redeem blah 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 um and whatever that didn't happen but it's still that that last dogfight is quite exciting and there's a number of stakes that are involved right can they hit the target twice can they go up that mountain without passing out um there are two enemies approaching when do these enemies come into into the game so to speak so the the movie i think changes gears in a very good way in that that end act 
Yeah, the first time I saw this, I really did think Tom Cruise was going to die in that scene. Like, I thought, oh, this is how the movie ends. Tom Cruise dies. And then I realized that in contract, in Tom Cruise's contract, he can't be killed in any movie. Even The Mummy, he comes back as an immortal. So it just, it was, it, that would have made the movie even more unplausible if Tom Cruise had died. I, I thank God for that clause in that contract because I don't want to see Tom Cruise die in any of those movies. Does he have it in real life too? Is that? Why? <laughs> I hope so too. I I, I just um, Tom the, the the cinematographer's name is Claudio Miranda, um, oh, and he's you. worked with this director before in yes. Oblivion, uh, Only the Brave, which is also with Tom Brave. Cruise and uh, Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, uh, and I I, I kind of stand up for Tom Cruise. Um, I know he gets a lot of flack, but to me, he is truly like the last gunslinger. Um, any, if this movie had any other actor in it, this whole thing would have been CGI. Any of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Tom Cruise who pushes the envelope and makes sure that the audience has a good experience. If it was anybody else, this movie would have been released in, uh, during COVID in a streaming platform, Mm -hmm. but they held it off because they wanted it to be in the movie theaters. And that was the last, I mean, that was the right choice. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in the theater. Mm -hmm. I think he is an actor that truly, truly cares about the audience experience. And it shows in his Mission Impossible movies, especially his later ones when he's more in control. And so I think this movie is really a, a big success for the director, the cinematographer and Tom Cruise. I'd also like to congratulate our own Talking Pictures Trivia, Tom Cruise. Nick, our winner of the week. Congratulations, Way to go, Nick. Congratulations. Nick. Nice Nick. Nick. <laughs> Hope you get to watch the movie soon. You can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video. Subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time for The Wrestler from 2008. Stay tuned for our first impressions of The Wrestler. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing The Wrestler from 2008. Chris, how was your watch? I I really love this movie. I've seen it a number of times. I saw it before it, came, before it even had the Oscar buzz I saw it because I was a huge, huge, huge wrestling fan in the early 90s. And I remember going to house shows like the ones that you see pictured in the, in the, the movie itself. And even as a young, like preteen, I realized kind of like the sadness in the room. And this movie really, really lays the sadness on a lot. Like, it, 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 it put the feels in into me. And the fact that I was a huge wrestling fan and experienced this as a child and now being kind of, like, shown their lifestyle, shown the life that – the sadness that I thought I felt as a preteen, I'm now understanding as an adult watching this film. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it a lot. 
What about you, Tom? How was your first watch? I saw this in theaters when it came out. And when I had seen it, I liked it a lot. Uh, this is back in 2008, so somewhat right after college. And I kind of saw it, I think, on the Oscar buzz wave to mix my metaphors. Um, but I had been in, in, you know, impressed by it. I always liked Mickey Rourke. Uh, I, I sort of was confused by this idea that Mickey Rourke learned to be a good actor. Mickey Rourke has always been a good actor since the 1980s. So I, I don't know why that was the narrative, but watching Mickey Rourke do fantastic work as he's wont to do, but in a movie actually people have seen, unlike a lot of the movies he's made, is really great. Upon my second rewatch for, or my third rewatch, however many times I've seen it, for this show, I, I really didn't like it as much, though I loved Rourke's performance still, and actually found things in it that I hadn't noticed before. I'm not the biggest Darren Aronofsky fan, the, the director of this film. And my reasons for that are, are various, but I think they're apparent in the movie. I think the, the movie very often is sort of hitting this one note over and over and over again. Um, it was, I think I texted KJ at one point. I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to die so that <laughs> that just could be over. So we could stop watching this Job story go on and on. Just kill him already, you know? Um, However, that being said, and my problems with Aronofsky that I could talk about with any number of his movies, and this is why I avoided watching The Whale, his most recent picture as of this recording, that aside, I do think the movie is worth watching for, for Rourke. I think Marissa Tomei is very good in it, though. She's not given anything to do. Like, she barely has a character, but she does wonderful stuff with the little they've written for her. Um, but, but Rourke's performance is, it's subtle, it's not showy, it seems like he's kind of wearing the character in a way that method actors often talk about that I don't think you see with Natalie Portman in Black Swan, the companion picture to this. I think um, I think that's what makes Black Swan so intolerable is the, uh, the, the fact that Natalie Portman is steering that ship as opposed to Mickey Rourke, who I think is much more talented. And I apologize for my dog barking audience. KJ, how was your watch? So, uh, you know, growing up, I did not watch professional wrestling, although I almost did one time. I was at a friend's house and they were sleeping over to watch a pay-per-view. This was like elementary school, maybe late elementary school. But right before I was like, oh, yeah, I'll join you guys for this. They started doing like wrestling moves like off the couch, like um, not not to each other. They were like taking pillows and doing slams or something. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. I'm, I'm not I'm not getting into this wrestling thing tonight. Um, I'm, I'm very jealous of people who are into wrestling. Right. There's a nonstop stream of entertainment. We had a really good friend in um, high school, middle school, elementary school who was really into it. He knew them all. He would do trivia during lunch like it was. I, I don't know. It looks like a lot of fun if you can get into it. Um, but as for the movie, my first watch, I really didn't connect with the movie very much. Um, I have trouble connecting with ambitious people. Ambition is not something I... Um, <laughs> I, I just... I don't... I, I, no interest in being That's amazing. Great. <laughs> I love that criticism. I've never heard that. I absolutely love that. I like genuinely love that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that connection or lack of connection that's amazing yeah i i you know like 
a wrestler, a lot of it is the show and the, the ego and the machoism. So then when they fall from that, I'm like, man, it was a weird goal to begin with. But, you know, that's okay. But my second watch, I appreciate it a lot more now that I'm I'm older and I feel like I'm slowing down in some ways. Like I can't keep up with some of the kids at work doing things. So I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more on this this second watch. And audience, I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Good luck if you can find it. Um, but enjoy. We'll see you next week. Wow. Talking Studios. And just like Tom, I guess my favorite character might have been Yale. Right, Tom? Was that one of your favorites? That... <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah. There's Who? a character I've named Yale. I've seen this Yale. movie twice. I have no idea who you guys are talking like, about. This, this is my problem. <laughs> oh. Top Gun Maverick is available on Amazon's Prime Video at the time of this recording. All right. First impressions. Wow. Talking yeah, studios. I mean... <laughs> Everywhere, everything, all at once. Go jump in a lake. That movie's boring. Come on. I love the Ragnar. I've seen it four times. It's <laughs> it's it's so interesting the first twenty minutes, and then it's like, oh, it's going to be another hour of nonstop shenanigans. It's the relationship between the family, man, uh, between the mother and the daughter, and then uh, K K Hong Kwang, like, oh. Um, Did you see the guy's other movie? Uh, isn't it Swiss Army Man or something like that? Oh, yeah. the movie with the farting corpse. That's the one. Mm-hmm. With where Harry <laughs> Potter farts. What's his name? Home. Yes, that's right. That's Daniel the one. Rattler. I like that one better. <laughs> I haven't seen it because it's about Harry Potter's dead body farting someone home. So I thought you he know it does do that, but it's yeah. not the premise. Oh, okay. I'm down. And if Ed Harris is in it, I'm, I'll watch Top it. Gun too. Top I Gun ran too. into him outside once in New York. You ran into Ed Harris? <laughs> yeah, he was coming back from a Broadway baseball game. Like oh, Broadway, oh, these Broadway shows. Huh? I guess they're each show has their baseball team and they play each other. Like a softball team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like softball a softball league. Maybe it was oh. softball. Yeah. He is a small man. Did you say hello? I didn't know. I just saw him on the sidewalk talking to a friend of mine. And, oh. Man. Yeah. Who's your friend? Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was Nicholas Cage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This was right after The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock. Mm. Gosh. <laughs>